This is session three of the Marriage and Family and High Value of the Word course. Please ensure you have your notes and the pen ready as we now continue. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> he says so loud that we won't hear it. <laughs> 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 Great. We have a good tea time. Everyone gets served some coffee or tea, and muffin, and maybe some other snacks for condiments. Not intentionally, 
But by going the seeming right road, I've invited problems into my life. So I can pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't want these problems. Well, if I'm walking the way that seems right, not even my prayer is going to stop the destination of destruction. So prayer doesn't annul God's word. Prayer is to be aligned to God's word. That's prayer. We don't pray to change God's word. We pray because God's word has changed us. So you go to the word of God. When you're praying that, now you're praying in faith. Any other prayer is not in faith. It's a futile exercise. I can be fasting for a week, but praying into what seems right, or my boss says to me, I want it to come out this way. Best I go to McDonald's and have five hamburgers. <laughs> I get more sustenance out of that than a whole week of fasting and praying. So prayers to align myself to God's word, it's only then that it's faith. So when I'm walking away that seems right, I can be praying in the name of Jesus Christ. I'll show you some scripture in a while that props it up. And made the word of God in no effect. So friends at the get-go, because we're now getting, getting into some of the meat of what we're going to teach today. Be prepared, be quick to. Don't defend traditions and doctrines and cultures. If my ancestors and or yours weren't aligned to my true ancestor, the person of God, then my ancestors got to pop one side. God is preeminent, because only God releases life. If my ancestral uh, way of learning is, 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 is blocking up the life of God, you'd agree with me, it's not smart to hold on to it. Who wants the life of God flowing through their lives? Well, it's the release of God's word that causes the life of God to flow. So we don't want to go down the road that seems right, try and stop it now because destruction, we've all experienced that in our lives, it's not a pleasant thing to endure. Let's avert that by trusting God's word. Let's say to God, from this day onwards, and whatever God ministers to your heart into, from this day onwards, I'm laying down what seems right, with destruction, eh, eh, I don't like it. And think perpetuity. Think eternity. Think legacy. Don't think about yourself. Think about others. You think about others, you say, I'll make decisions because others might live. It's not a way that seems right. God's way is always right. You can trust God's way. It's a sure foundation. The Bible calls itself an incorruptible seed. So what is the opposite of an incorruptible seed? A corruptible seed. So if I'm planting a corruptible seed, am I going to get incorruptible fruit? No. The seed always produces after it's kind. What I plant is what I get. So sometimes I need to root out so I can plant in. And as I root it out, it sometimes fertiles my heart. You ever done some gardening when you pull out? It creates fertility to receive a better product, a different seed, a different sperm. And then it produces after its kind. In Jeremiah 10, verse 23, I know some people get offended by the scripture. I rejoice over the scripture. It's informational, it's helpful. The scripture says, Jeremiah now speaking, says, Oh Lord, I know. So he had come to a revelational conclusion. So Jeremiah says, Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. Now if you're holding on to your traditions and doctrines, that scripture has just offended you. You don't like it. You're tearing that one out when you get up into it. I told you that. That thing's going. But the, it's the ways of ourselves, not the 
productive. So he says, Oh Lord, I know. I've resolved to come to that conclusion. My traditions and doctrines are parking one way. My way of thinking is done. Pardon me. <coughs> so he says, Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Isn't that wonderful to know that God has that detailed interest in my life? That he wants to walk out in and through me every step that I take. Friends, we can rejoice in that. And we're not all sodden down a path and come back battered and bruised. But Lord God, you will order my every step. Now the Bible says that every day of your my life, every step it takes being written down by God. We've got to choose whether we walk in it. I can be walking in a way that seems right, that's not God's way. That's where the sovereignty message gets itself into a total mess. That God ordered those steps. Now I chose not to walk in his ordered steps, and his first ordering of steps is his word. That orders my steps. As many people say, I was trusting God, and I made that decision, I went down there. That was my decision. It got my results. God didn't leave me there. Deuteronomy 30 verse 9, he says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. You must choose. You can choose life. That's your yes, the heart. Yes, the heart. Yes, the heart. Why do you want to choose life? That you, because it's going to start from you, that you and your descendants or your seed might live. If you choose death, you've chosen death for your children. I wonder why they're battling. I wonder why they're caught on drugs and alcohol. I take responsibility for it as a father. I'm not harsh on myself, but I'm clerical and clear and transparent with myself. If my child is suffering behind me, I take responsibility. I opened the way of that pathway. I did it. I don't beat myself up. I calibrate myself in a hurry by God's work. Because children become the product of their parents, especially their father. They become the product, if not now, down the road of life. Because we set the first example. We create that vacuum, as I said earlier, that magnet that draws our child in. Children do not do what we say. They do as we play. So I'm saying my child, don't do that. You are exasperating your child, the Bible says. You're leading them unto wrath. Authority, which is not dictatorship, it's consolidated example. Authority comes in, I'm walking in that. And you'll find your children will walk after that. Vanessa and I, we have four children, two we share, two of our own. My son's 37, he's the eldest. We have a daughter who's turning 35. They haven't swerved all over life. Never found in bed with other men. Not sucking alcohol and drugs responsible spouses to their spouses. We have the privilege of raising two other daughters. Here's one of them. Yeah, Fifi, won't you stand up? Fifi is our daughter together with their mother there. I'm Fifi's father and Tommy as well. Tommy, don't understand. And I want my wife and dad as well. You know, they say it's only one in every five generational cycles that the most beautiful arise on the planet. I just have to be privileged. So, yeah, she is most beautiful. I've got a bit of a cough this morning. My wife's got a bit of a wobble. She's just an angle. Just an angle. Everyone, she comes saying, This is the most beautiful woman in the world. 
not God. The devil is not God's puppy on a string. The devil was defeated at the cross. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm coming that you might have life and have it more abundantly, live it to the full. The Zoe life of God, that that represents God in triunus and the very inheritance of heaven. That's what Jesus brought. Is there cancer in heaven? Is there suffering in heaven? Is God beating up the angels in heaven? Is God teaching them with a lesson by wrapping their car around the pole? The devil's doing that, but not God. God's merciful. I don't give what I deserve. God's a good God. So by the mercy of God, Paul is saying, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy means to be separated or set apart. Holy just doesn't mean you're perfect without sin and spot and blemish. Holiness means separate. And the Bible says, be holy as I'm holy. In other words, as I'm separated to you, be separated to me. Who doesn't want that dude? I'll be separated to God. But this is his key here. So Paul starts the first step, if you like. He says that we become, present our bodies. He's talking about our way of thinking, our traditions and doctrines. So the first step, before he goes to be conformed and transformed, the first thing he says, you must be prepared to put onto the altar that it burns and incinerates your traditions, your doctrines, your cultures, your culture, your ethnicity persuasions. That must be put on the altar. Because until that's on the altar, you can still remain conformed to patterns of this world and you won't translate to being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So many of us, we're holding on to those things, but we go to God's Word and we can't break the conformed patterns of the world because you're still holding them up and not putting them on the altar. So we don't get to the place of the metamorphosis, the transforming by the renewing of our minds. That's what Paul is saying here. So step number one, if you like, is present. In other words, God doesn't force. You know, I mentioned earlier, Vanessa and I married nearly 40 years. When we considered to get married, I didn't impose that on her. I didn't say that you've got no option. You will marry me. It's my choice. You've got no choice in the matter. That's not love. God presents options and love allows us the choice of the options. He wants us to choose life, but we can choose death. We can choose that. So yeah, he's saying, he's presenting us this opportunity. And if we take the opportunity of putting that on the altar, we can move to the next step. Now with that move, the Bible is also described as a hammer. Okay? Described as a sword, as a scalpel, as a surgeon's tool and so forth. The Bible is also described as a hammer. I think it applies well here. So let's read that one. He says this. He says, holy accept in other words, I'm going to separate from my way of thinking onto your thinking. I'm burning, I'm sacrificing my way of thinking, I'm separating onto your thinking. Now this process stops. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, this is where it starts. This is the first step. Then he says this, and now, from that, if you like, verse 2, and now do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That word conformed, means place into the mold or the dissect or the matrix. Yeah. Okay? So if I have a mold that's going to produce that camera there, whatever I put in there, whether that's a black camera, a blue camera, a green, whether it's plastic, whether it's rubber, it's coming out that way. Because that's the mold. So that's why when we engage with each other, there's a mold, there's a way of thinking. 
And so I might talk to you, you might talk to me, you might think, well, Abraham's a little bit peculiar. It's because my mold differs to yours. Yours may be right, mine may be wrong, or vice versa. But my mold determines my perspective of life, which translates to my conversation with mankind. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the mind and the heart, the intellect. We won't teach that in our time over love. So it says here, and do not be conformed. So I lay this as a sacrifice. Now I allow the word of God to come like a hammer, and it breaks the dice into the mold of my old way of thinking. And light penetrates in it, and as those apertures, those breaks, cavities open, new seed, the seed of the word of God, can now get access to my mind. So until I break that mold, that dice it, until that's broken, I have that canopy that disallows the seed of the word of God to penetrate, to transform my mind. So can you see the sequence? So when I lay down my way of thinking, when I say, look, I want the word of God to break up my old way of thinking, that mold, that dice set, word of God be a hammer, when I go there, just break it up. It's for my good. I want to break it up. And as it opens, as I said, there's an aperture that opens. Now when you go to the word of God, you find, hang on, my way of thinking has changed. I used to think this way, I used to respond that way. I used to want to, but all of that starts to change. Why? Because now the mind has been opened, because the mold has been shattered or broken, and the seed of God's word has penetrated my mind, and it's renewed, and then the step takes place. The Greek word there for transform is metamorphosize, metamorpho, which is to metamorphosize, to change from a caterpillar, which is blind, by the way, which is prickly, which is not a pretty sight, it's a caterpillar, to transform into a butterfly where you set free from that mold and you fly in the colorful life that Jesus has for you. Who wants a colorful marriage? And if in your heart now you feel you don't, but if the Word of God is touching something, you're saying in your heart now, I want that. I want that. I'm not going to the grave where I'm not leaving a legacy behind me. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to open my heart to the Word of God. The Word of God is going to transform me and metamorphosize me. Right now, I feel like a caterpillar. I'm blind. I don't know where I'm going. I'm prickly and I'm struggling, but I'm trusting the Word of God. And when I get to that point, lay down my way. The Word of God is a hammer, breaks away that mold. The light of the Word of God penetrates into my heart. Now my heart's fertile. It's going to produce an incorruptible seed after this kind in marriage, in business, in relationships, and whatever it is in life. Whenever my, my life is not at that point, I go to the Word of God. And my life represents this picture. If that's the optimum, and that's the lowest form of life. In the different areas of my, my life, I vacillate. In some areas, the word of God has taken root because I've gone after it. I've gone after it. Other areas, I'm catching up on it. I'm not there. It's not a flat line thing. So if I focus on marriage, I went after marriage. I said yes to me and my husband, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to allow my son and daughter to land up in hell. I drew a line. I said, I don't care what it takes. Our marriage was broken at that time. Primary contributor, that was me. I said, Lord God, I'm changing and I'm going to your word. And the word of God transformed and changed and changed and changed. Now I thank God if I pass on next week, I know wherever it would be a hell to me if this wasn't the case. My wife, my children, and my children's children, I'll see them in heaven. Amen. You make that decision, especially husbands and dads. You make that decision. Deplorable will it be of you. You're buried in the grave. And your children are not going to heaven. Yeah. You've lost the purpose of life. 
You lost the purpose of life. Can I be that blank? Can I be that fresh? Because yeah. life is better than wrong. Blink your eyelids gone. And only to the singer, know that there's only one. Only what you did for Christ for lost. That we can change, that we have the privilege to be co-laborers with Jesus. That we can lead alongside and with our spouses, our children and our children's children, and their children's <coughs> children, and their children's children, to a thousand generations in heaven. Friends, what more laudable or portable manner of life is there to live? Because all of the rest, I'm, I'm yet to go to a funeral with a painted trailer behind the hearse. All of it stays your friends. But I haven't used that resource to sow into my marriage and my family. Firstly, from that yes into the church and the business of what God's called me into. But your church, at the end of the day, will plateau the level of where your marriage and your family are. Yeah. If I'm living two lives, I'm living a different life in church than I am at home, I'm telling you now, pastors, please hear me. Yeah. Your children are going to rebel. And you don't put pressure on your children. You are the pastor's kid. You behave in church. They'll behave in church the way you're behaving at home. Yeah. <laughs> when there's misbehaving by the child in church, it's you, pastor. Yeah. Amen. They're emulating you. Yeah. You cannot tell people to change behavior. Behavior is the product of the example set before you. Yeah. Yeah. They become who you are. That's what they do. What a lofty privilege call we have as husband and wife and parents. There's no higher calling. We're going to get there. There's no higher calling on this planet. Yeah. If I would have passed a church 10,000 strong, but my family on a downward spiral heading to hell, yeah. I'd give up that church in a hurry. That's my conviction. You may have a different one. <laughs> my conviction, I believe, is the word of God. We'll see that as we teach. We thank you for listening to this teaching. That, that relates to session one and trust it was a blessing to you. Please go to the next teaching in the series hereafter. Should you wish to reach out to ourselves or should you have any questions, please mail us on marriage at foryourgood.net That's marriage at foryourgood.net should you want to know more about All Your Good Ministries International, please visit our website www.foryourgood.net So that is www.foryourgood.net God bless as you enjoy the next session on our teaching of marriage and family and the high value of God's word.